Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. It is our pleasure today. We have been trying to have these folks on for quite a while. As an IT guy for the last 29 years in my day job, my reality job, um, boy, internet. Are they still using that these days, Randy? I think they are, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to take, I think. Going to take, maybe going to take. We're going to have Miss Tanya Sexton and Mr. Randy Everett from Connect to First, if I got that right. Is that correct? That is correct. We're going to have them with us today. If you're in the village or around the village and you see these trucks hanging cable and you're thinking, why are they putting all these wires up? We got enough wires already, but no, it's fiber and that's different, right, Randy? Yeah, and and they're busy. They're really busy. I love it. There's two Randys here, so that's going to be confusing. <laughs> Mr. Everett, how about how's the wiring coming? That that's uh, that would help uh, uh, identifying whether it's Randy one, Randy two, or Mr. Everett. It doesn't matter. Yeah, You're uh, Randy one. I'm just in the we, background here. We are we are actively uh, deploying uh, fiber infra- fiber infrastructure throughout the the village right now. You know, there's a lot of overhead crews uh, hanging uh, fiber on our poles. And we also have underground crews that are boring along the uh, roads and uh, around the DeSoto uh, on the east side of the village, probably on the north side of DeSoto. So as as we move through that area, you'll see a lot of different uh, uh, contractors that uh, are, are putting in the fiber and getting ready to serve broadband internet service to the village. Let's talk about, let's back up, give it a five mile view for a minute. Why, why do we need that? Why is it so hard to serve the Eastern end of the village as we would say, or Saline County in that area? What's, what's the challenges? Tanya has a laugh on her face. What's so hard about this? I don't know that it's so hard. I mean, if we want to back up to two years ago, there was a directive from our board that we were going to deploy fiber to all First Electric members. And of course that does encompass Hot Springs Village. So this has been, you know, a, a, a long process coming and, you know, we're about 1700 customers into it right now. Um, and a lot of work going on in the village right now, but um, absolutely a huge strong and desire and need for it right now. Um, you talk about COVID and the world that we live in right now, when you have uh, people that are trying to work from home, um, students trying to do school online, telemedicine, there's so so many things that drives the huge um, desire and necessity to have it in your life. I I personally think that I I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal about 18 months ago about this, about co-ops 
offering fiber. And I was thinking, number one, what, what an obvious thing. But in the interview in the Wall Street Journal, the, one of the, uh, the co-op owners or one of the co-op directors said, you know, this is a this is a no-brainer for us because, number one, our customers are going to always be here. We're, everybody's going to need electricity from here on out, probably. And they're going to need internet from here on out. So why are we acting like we should hesitate or be slow to do this? Isn't this just inevitable? And either one of you, who, who, who do you want to answer that? Well, and I think, you know, our CEO, uh, Mr. Don Crabb, has stated it um, many times about if it was if it were profitable uh, to, to deploy fiber in some of these areas that we serve, it would have already been done years ago. Uh, you look at the areas that are either unserved or underserved, meaning that they do not meet the FCC requirements of 25 meg uh, down and uh, three up. Uh, there are a lot of locations in rural America that do not have that capability. And, uh, and the reason is, is, is the cost. The cost to deploy fiber in these remote areas is astronomical. And, you know, the, the, the cooperatives did this on the, on the same level, um, you know, in the late 40s, 50s, and up till today uh, by deploying electricity and electric lines in those same areas. So as, as you, you know, stated, you know, this, this was done a long time ago. We have a model to do that. It's not profitable in you know three to five years. You're you're looking at a, a much longer payback. But again, we have been here for 85 years and plan to be here uh, for the next 85. And uh, it is a necessity. Uh, maybe not quite to the level that electricity is, but with COVID and uh, the with us having to work from home and uh, do distance learning. It is becoming uh, a very real necessity. Yeah, it, it, it was a, it's a flexible part of our infrastructure these days that we just assume is there unless you live at the end of the road. And then it's a little bit different, right? Exactly. Yeah. Let, let me ask, let, let's, let's give even a, from a five mile view, let's go to the 50 mile view. Who is the first electric co-op? What is connect to first? How are they interrelated? What, what is that relationship? Well, Connect to First is a 100% wholly owned subsidiary of First Electric. Uh, again, First Electric is owned by its customers, which are members. Every member of First Electric owns a portion of First Electric. And that is uh, seen once a year as uh, we, uh, you know, as we give back to our members uh, over and above uh, what our expenses are uh, in the form of capital credits. Um, so First Electric owns Connect to First. Uh, Connect to First is a for-profit entity, though. Uh, it's not a, a, a cooperative in, in that sense. Uh, but again, we, we are here to, to sell service, not really the product. I mean, that's a uh, a byproduct, of, and, and First Electric has always we 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 provide electricity, but we sell basically we sell service, and and that's what we are you know are, are going to do with Connect to First as well. We we want our service uh, to be uh, to to mirror what we do on the electric side. 
Well, and to kind of give you just an idea of how large we are, we're the second largest co-op in Arkansas. Um, several years ago, we, the, we were the 33rd largest in the United States. So we serve about close to 100,000 um, member accounts in, in uh, portions of 18 counties in central and southeastern Arkansas. So we have a very large territory that we cover. Now, are you going to be trying to provide fiber to all your customers or? Yes. Yes. Uh, wow. The, the directive of uh, our board of directors stated that we will provide or make available fiber to the home to every first electric member. Now, if they want that, we will connect it. It's not like we're going to run fiber to every home. Um, uh, because if you know, there's some people that are completely happy with what they have. Some people do not want internet. So um, when when we're in that area, uh, if if you want to be connected, then you will have the opportunity to uh, to call in and uh, request fiber internet service for which we will run fiber directly into the home. Wow. And let me, let me recap here just for some of the listeners that may or may not know where we are. Once again, it's kind of putting the cookies on every shelf in the Eastern part of hot Springs village, which is typically Saline County as a rule, overwhelmingly Saline County. Uh, suddenly cable is in many of these locations, but certainly not all by any stretch. Uh, uh, AT&T is, is in these locations nearly. Well, I would say 90% of that in the end. But in those instances, many places that uh, AT&T would provide a U-verse service, which is basically internet over those two pairs of wires we have for the last hundred years. And the maximum there many times would be 50 megs or maybe even 25 megs, which as you were noting, is not defined as high-speed internet. Now, for those of you that are thinking, well, 25 megs is plenty for me. Well, if you've gone to Sam's lately, or you've purchased a 4K TV, maybe for Christmas or whatever, you realize that one stream of that 4K can actually take 20 megs a second. So the, the demand for internet is certainly not going down anytime soon. Tanya, let me ask you, what do you see are the most common questions people ask about, you know, access and prices and whatever? Well, I mean, they're very interested in the packages that we do offer, and we have three different packages at Connect to First. Um, there, it's unlimited data. It's symmetrical speeds. Um, there's no data caps. So, I mean, those are the most common questions um, asked. Uh, the smallest package that we offer is 200, both up and down, and that's $59.99. Um, the second package is 500 up and down, and that's 79.99 or 69.99. And then the largest is the one gig, and that's 99.99. So. And you know, I hate it when girls just babble about techno goop, and I got to translate again for them, right? No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let, let me be very, very clear for our customers. Like I said, I've been a tech for 29 years. The, the bottom line is, is that years ago, two decades ago, we started with DSL, you know, the digital symmetric subscriber line. And basically you had a huge download with it. That was what you needed, but the upload was kind of horrible actually. And, and that model has been replicated because a lot of the providers didn't want to give you the upstream when you're streaming something out or you're putting a big file up on the web, or maybe you're putting an episode of hot Springs village inside out up on the server, right, Randy? That's right. 
He says, yeah, the other Randy too. Sorry. I should have defined, I I should (laughs) have defined my Randy. I should have defined my Randy. Anyway, the reason why I say this is when, when you said Tanya, you said it kind of quickly, but symmetrical means whatever I get down is whatever I send back up. So what did you say? The beginning package was 200? 200. Yes. Oh my Lord. So 200 up Randy, that's what four or five times faster than your Dallas service. Well, not mine right now, but I'm yeah. not paying fifty nine ninety nine either. <laughs> that's but a that valid one, point. But, but that but that pricing, you know, big city, small city, I don't care. I mean, so here in DFW, AT and T, you know, fiber, gigabit is going to be is going to be right in line with where you guys, you know, are priced. So, so so basically the 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 the, 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 the deal's the deal. And, and it is a deal. And especially for people inside the village that have, in many cases, have, have had pretty spotty at best internet connectivity. Yeah, this is, a, this is a game changer. As a person who lives remotely and does a lot of remote work and a person who's, you know, I've got a lot in the village. I hope to build one day and kind of split my time. Crucial crucial you know i i could come there with their service well frankly with any 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 of the packages that she described and and be just fine mm-hmm. well one of the things i think you're also mentioning and i'm not trying to compare or contrast but the sudden link for the lesser packages that you have with sudden link there are data caps and you run over those data caps it gets expensive quick really quick and in the computer club, I, like I say, I've been with the computer club several years now, and uh, we would have people repeatedly come in and say, I'm, I'm getting a you know $80 service charge or extra charge for data from being over my data cap, and I'm not over my data cap. And I say, well, how do you back up? Oh, I've got a Carbonite account, and it just backs up all night. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. What, what is the installation cost, and how does that work? Well, there is no installation cost. If you sign up with First Electric, um, you can uh, sign a one-year agreement and we waive all of, all of the costs. If, uh, if you just want to try it out and you're afraid to sign up for a one-year agreement, then there is a, a one-time $350 deposit. And, and all that does is basically recover our costs for the equipment that we have to place inside the home. Um, so there's not a, an, an exorbitant uh, installation fee, uh, you know, to, to come out and, and, and put that in. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very attractive to, to be able to have fiber internet service uh, for no cost other than just assigning a, a one-year agreement to, to keep your service uh, for that year. We've had a lot of people in the village that have expressed a tremendous amount of interest in Starlink, which, you know, maybe here or there, which, uh, as I explained to our listeners, is uh, one of the SpaceX programs, basically to put tens of thousands of satellites in orbit and relatively get 100 to 200 megs per second for something a little bit significantly more than this, because people think they're in an area that's just unserved. Well, that's going to just change everything. So let me ask, as is it? Is it true that any place that has first electric in the village will have access to fiber? Is that generally correct? Yes. 
I, I want to just take a pause here right now and applaud your board of directors for their vision and their uh, their ability to dig in. This obviously is not going to be an initially profitable thing, but it's not going to go away. You'll use this for the next 30 and 40 years, right? Exactly. And, you know, fiber, you know, is, is pretty much future proof for the foreseeable future. There are fiber lines out there that have been in operation since the late seventies. So it's, as far as we can tell, you know, making this investment, uh, by putting in additional fiber, uh, all of our all of our backbone, which is basically the transmission uh, of the fiber system, is a 144 fiber uh, backbone. There are areas where we have 288 or higher counts of fiber, uh, but for the the main uh, portion of our fiber backbone, it is a, a 144 count fiber. So. Uh, it is it is very exciting uh, and as as technology changes you know the fiber stays the same but we can change the electronics and the optics on the ends to you know extend from a one gig to a 10 gig we're already building our system to where we can sell 10 gig services uh, there's not very many people out there that need a 10 gig service right now but uh, you know we're building our our, our infrastructure uh, our optics to where we can handle those things. And, and down the road, we know that there are going to be, you know, uh, 50 gig, 100 gig uh, uh, needs. And, and uh, as businesses and cell towers and uh, those types of entities uh, come about, they're, they're going to need more and more capacity, as will uh, the residential users. Uh, we don't see it right now, but we know it's coming. Yeah. And I will make note, uh, I had a large IT company in Little Rock about 10 years ago when we had a gentleman come in and explain to us, he wanted to sell us a really big internet. Uh, we were sitting on Comcast and I didn't have any problem with that, but um, we talked about some endeavors and I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, we're running fiber through the middle of high tension power lines. And I paused a minute. Now, this has been probably 13 years ago. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, and this is for our, 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 our listeners and, and watchers. The, the fiber itself does not interact with the magnetic field. It doesn't care if it's wrapped around a huge transformer at all. It's just pulses of light going through there. And, and as you said, Randy, Mr. Everett, the, the issue is, is that the encoder on each end that sends the pulses and receives the pulses and translates them back and forth, those can change for years. We, we've seen them change over the last decade. I mean, when I started working with fiber, we were in 100 meg, then we went to a, a, a gig, now we're at 10 gig, and now, as you say, we're talking 50 and 100 gig. What, what do we see the rollout? At, and by the way, just because I'm nosy, what is the potential that we could see you on the Entergy side or the Garland County side? Is that a possibility, maybe? Tanya has that grin. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's... Randy's going to have to answer it. That's why. <laughs> There, there is there is the possibility of that, but the directive from our board of directors currently is that we will deploy to all first electric members first. Um, however, um, if there are opportunities for additional funding, uh, whether that's through uh, grants, federal government, uh, bond issues, um, there are there are opportunities that could help us offset those costs, then we would, you know, be very interested 
in, in deploying fiber and, and extending our service. Um, I, we as Connective First and as a internet service provider are not bound to the same uh, geographic boundaries as defined by the Arkansas Public Service Commission as we are in the electric side. Because on the electric side, we have defined territory boundaries that we cannot go past. We cannot serve electricity on the Garland side of the village. But however, we could serve internet on that side. Uh, we just do not have a directive from our board to, to do that until we serve our members first or until there are additional funding opportunities brought to the table that would help offset those costs. Mr. Cantrell, I assume you have some questions. Time frame. Give us some sense of, you know, the, I, I realize you got a ton of work to do, but I mean, I, when we were there, you know, a month ago, oh. man, the, the crews are, the crews are busy. So I'm curious the time frame that, that you're looking to serve. Next, the week. This is the next, next week, next week, <laughs> not, not the week after just I'm next marketing. week. You'll have it next week. Everything's yeah. There she goes. Oh, oh, oh! I, I didn't realize right now. I know what this is. That Randy is Dilbert, and and Tanya is is the sales marketing executive. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, and and Randy's going. What are you saying? We can't do that. Are you crazy? Exactly. Um, and and know. by the way, rather way, Randy, uh, Mr. Everett, you never take a sale. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Tanya, you never take an engineer with you on a sales call because they ruin it. They ruin it. Exactly. And, <laughs> and this is why I'm sitting here today. She's not doing this. Uh, they don't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so Randy is your minder. That's what I'm hearing, right? He, he's he's kind of keeping you inside the gates here, right? Yeah. He is. So, so, so according to Tanya, we can have internet next week. According to Randy, oh, it's going to be a little longer. <laughs> let's, uh, let's stop that. So, you know, we talked about the 5,000 foot view and then the 50,000 foot view earlier. So let's, let's go with the 50,000 foot view and kind of work down. Um, again, like we stated, this is a, this is a seven to 8,000 mile uh, fiber deployment. Uh, it, it has taken us 85 years to build 10,000 miles of, of electric line, and we're trying to build almost the same amount. And actually, we're going to reach all of those all of those members uh, if they want it uh, uh, in in less than you know six. So we're looking um, you know 50,000 foot view for the entire uh, uh, project to be completed by the end of 2025, and um, uh, you know, as we started working in the village, we're, we're looking in the in the mid uh, 23, 2023 to have all of that uh, uh, infrastructure. Now, that doesn't mean that we will have everybody in the village connected. Um, you know, most of the the infrastructure within the village is underground. So there are lots of factors that play into that, whether it is the, the hardness of the rock, the, the uh, boring underneath uh, driveways, uh, you know, just the, the weather issues, trying to work around all of the, the, the facilities that are already underground, uh, many of which uh, are, are, are not locatable. 
there's you know not plans that that lets us know that so we're, we're taking every uh, stride that we can to locate those and and, and have the least amount of, of damage uh, uh, possible. So there's a lot of factors that go into when it's going to be done. We have some plans as to and goals as to when we want to be done, but those are all going to be dependent upon several factors. And, and again, one thing that we don't talk about a lot is supply chain with COVID and with the uh, materials that are, are available for the factories to make not just the fiber, but the vaults, the hardware for uh, terminating the fiber. And there, there are so many different factors that can play a, 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 a huge role in meeting those goals. But our, our goal is to be done with the entire project, you know, in the 2025 uh, time frame. Uh, inside the village, we're, we're hoping to, to be done in the, in the mid-2023 time frame, um, but that doesn't mean that we will wait till the very end to connect people. As we get this deployed, we will, you know, get this to where we can start connecting people. Um, that's going to be good for some, and uh, some are not going to be so happy because they're going to be on the other end of that and, and be further out. But well, those uh, first connections are going to happen likely when? They will happen sometime later uh, this year. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when. Again, we're working in the, the out of the Hot Springs Village East substation right there on the East Gate um, and on the north side of DeSoto. We'll move to the south side of DeSoto out of there, uh, you know, when they get that completed and then move westward uh, across across the village. Uh, we're still uh, getting designs and, and working on those plans. Um, and, you know, we, we have weekly updates that we provide to the village. So as we get information, uh, that will be, you know, coming to the village so that it can be sent out to, uh, uh, to, to, to our members there to kind of keep them informed as to the progress. And, and when those services are available, uh, Tanya and her group have a very, a very uh, aggressive marketing strategy. We have, you know, email, social media uh, calls. We have our website. Uh, so there, there's a lot of ways. I don't think that people will miss uh, when services are available. Uh, and uh, we just uh, will will be reaching out when, when those, when those services are available. Well, well, mid, mid 2023, I mean, I can tell you, and Dennis and I both have enough understanding. I mean, that that's ambitious, you know, to, to complete it, which I think pr proves, proves your commitment for sure. How, how many crews do you have building it out right now? Cause it seems like every road I go down, somebody's got a truck with a roll of, of uh, fiber. Right, we have we have three directional uh, bore crews right now in the in the village. Um, we I think we have two to three aerial crews. Uh, even though you know most of the village is uh, underground, but everything along DeSoto is is overhead. Uh, so uh, I think we've deployed somewhere in the neighborhood of forty five miles of overhead fiber uh, already, and we didn't start until. December. Um, and I think 
I think we have about a mile or two miles of uh, underground put in so far. Uh, we do plan to increase the underground uh, crews uh, as we move throughout this year. Uh, possibly one to two crews a month will increase that. We want to get our processes lined out uh, before just sending a, a ton of crews there. We want to make sure that we uh, are, are locating and getting the locates uh, correctly and working directly with the utility section of the village. Uh, they're on hand all the time and we have a really good working relationship and we want to continue that. Uh, so uh, we're doing everything that we can to, to lay the groundwork properly. And, uh, and then we will ramp up those crews uh, as, as we uh, move in uh, to the project a little further. May I say something sure. add to that? Just encourage people to go to the website to connectafirst.net and they can check availability. And even though it may not be available at that point, we'll save that information. And once the time comes, we'll be in contact with them also to um, sign up for service. So just really encouraging everyone to go there and to submit their information. You just can't keep those salesmen down, can you, Mr. Everett? And it's next week. <laughs> or at, at the latest, the week after, maybe ma so. plus Quite or minus the week after. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I want to reiterate for our listeners. And, and I know there are people we, we have to have much like you, we have to talk to several different audiences. We have an audience outside that's very comfortable with fiber. They know exactly what we're talking about. We have an audience inside that's like, uh, you know, they're old, like Randy, you know, and they, they don't, you know, well, never mind. No, not that Randy, the other one, the other one, the other uh, one. Yeah, no, that one, that one, <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, the reason I say that is, is that a, a lot of our, our people here in the village, uh, you, if you do a research or do a lookup on me, you'll see one of my most famous episodes or my most popular episodes with village venues was actually getting cellular internet because in some places it's rather quick. I mean, that's a, that's a, a viable option. If you can't get internet other ways, what I think I need to reiterate here is that by far and away, cable is a good alternative. Uh, cellular is okay, and, and U-verse is okay, too. The, the gold standard is fiber, and it's not going to get any better. There, you don't, well, we're going to wait till something else comes in. No, 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 no. I, I did a presentation to the Rotary a year ago, and we were talking about Starlink. They wanted to know about the Starlink option, which at this point in a square mile can only provide something like, uh, I think it's 12 people per square mile at this point. It, it, if there's fiber or cable running in front of your house, that's your option it, it, by far and away. And I cannot make that clear enough to our clientele. Uh, Tanya, let me ask this. How, I don't know how to phrase this. I'll think it over real quick. In the village, we have a very gray crowd, of course, right? Is there some handholding? Is there some technological assistance? Is there, or how do we do this? Well, you know, surprisingly, when we went to the um, town hall meeting and, and met with the residents, um, they really are very tech savvy. Uh, the ones that showed up at the town hall meeting are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are the ones that so far we've had experience with. But I mean, they were very, you know, comfortable having the conversation about streaming and, you know, what the services can do for them. So, I, you know, our first experience was really good. 
And, and we did have a few that offered suggestions and, and we, we, you know, we are, are considering that as to when we get to the village and start offering services. You know, we talked about having another town hall meeting to just provide streaming options. What, you know, what is Hulu? What is Fubo? What is YouTube TV? How do I get my locals? Can I get the SEC network? Um, and, and just, you know, having some, while we don't endorse one or the other or provide technical support for those types of streaming services, uh, we would be, you know, willing to come to the village and have one of those meetings every now and then just to say, here's, here's what streaming is. If you're, if you're really apprehensive about giving up your remote control and your set-top box, uh, here's let's let's set a TV up and let's have a couple of different uh, you know these streaming apps and let's just show you what this is. Um, so you know we're looking at those types of things even though we don't endorse or or promote one or the other. Uh, it might be helpful to to at least have a few of those meetings to just get people comfortable with what is actually out there because even me as you know I was a little apprehensive. Uh, a few years ago about it. I just really, I, I never took the time to learn. And I thought, what if I make the wrong choice? And and what is the best? Because there are a lot of options out there. Well, and, and let me remind you, uh, I, I will make this offer right now. And I promise you, I know I can back this up as the vice chair of the of the technology committee, we would be thrilled to partner with you on that because for the last 20 months, nearly every episode we've had every month of our show of our computer club meeting or our technology club meeting is how do you get this streaming? What do you do? And we've actually got, and you might enjoy this for other locations. We actually have a sheet that says, just write down what you watch now. We watch ESPN, we watch SEC, we watch blah, 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 blah. Okay, then this would probably be a solution for you and what you're looking for. Okay, so we'd be thrilled to partner with you on that if that's what you'd like to do. So the offer stands, okay? I think, I think that is a great idea. And, and, and you know, we, we took that from the town hall meeting, and there wasn't an overwhelmingly large uh, group that wanted that, but I, I do think that it would be beneficial, and we would love the opportunity to, to partner with you and, and, uh, and, 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 and be able to do that. Yeah, that would be great. Randy, what have I missed my friend? I'm sorry, Mr. Cantrell. What have I missed my friend? I, I don't know. If I, if you knew I'd have missed it, you'd have told me, right? I don't know. Ask our guests. They're the experts. What have we missed? Have we left anything? <laughs> have we left anything unsaid or unasked to, to kind of follow up with the Starlink and, 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 and some of those things, you know, the, Fiber, as we talked, was is pretty much future proof. We're not having to worry about the degradation of of, of copper lines. We don't have to worry about uh, water uh, affecting uh, like it does copper. Uh, I know when if you have a, a service that is that is backfed over copper lines, if those copper lines are in the ground or even if they're overhead and they're are not sealed properly, it will your service is becomes very unusable. Um, you know, satellite services, whether it's Starlink, HughesNet, Biosat, whatever it may be, uh, weather conditions, uh, foliage, uh, tree cover, um, you know, are people going to be willing to cut the trees in their yard needed to uh, get this, the, the, the reception for Starlink? 
and, and like you mentioned, there, there's limitations to the number of people that connect that can connect to Starlink in a certain uh, area. So there, there's so many different facets that that uh, are that that affect those types of technologies where we don't have those with fiber. Uh, it's just there, and uh, I think you know not only the speed being symmetrical, but being able to grow as technology grows. Uh, we're not locked into the median of you know a a, a wireless solution. Uh, fiber is fiber. It's the speed of light. Uh, I mean that. Is you're not going to get much faster than that. No, well, if you have the option for fiber, you want fiber, period. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and one last question. When exactly will you be on Geronte Drive? Because I think we need to know that one, right, Randy? Is that- yeah, he just sold me. He sold me a, he sold me a lot. Uh, first thing I did, true story, I go to your <laughs> website, I plug in the address, and, you know, now I don't know the time frame, but I don't care. You know, your, your answer, your answer was plenty, plenty good enough for me. So, yeah. So I rubbed that in Dennis's face because, well, he's, he's living in the wrong County for it, for one thing (laughs) so far anyway, for now, for now, but I will say, I know exactly what happened. You went to connect two, and that's the number two first.net. And you said is Durante available. Um, And on the other line, Tanya went, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah. Popped up. Message from Tanya tomorrow. Available tomorrow. Tomorrow. Available tomorrow. That's it. Give me a heart attack right here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but very seriously, your time frame uh, and and for people that you know they may think, well, man, that's that's you know that's over a year and a half. I mean, that's a a full year and a half away. But that's that's pretty ambitious. How many households? Is that representative of in, inside the village, give or take? They would I have access. 40, I think there's about 4,400 residents uh, served by First Electric on on the Saline County side of the village. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and I don't, I'm not sure of the total uh, population of the village, but um, I'm I'm sure that's probably half, maybe even more. Well, let me put this in perspective for you. About eight years ago, I moved here about 10. I've been coming and buying and selling here for about 20, but about eight, about 10 years ago, I moved here. About eight years ago, I'm driving between Little Rock and, and Benton, and I'm seeing this huge orange pipe that they're laying in the ground. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's fiber, ooh. And they came all the way from Benton, all the way down to Soto Road, all the way to the end of the known universe for internet connectivity, Mountain Pine, Arkansas where they terminated, which is where all good things happen, apparently. Right, right, right. And they backfed uh, suddenly. And up until that time, we had not had, and I'm talking nerd to you just for a minute, Mr. Randy and Mr. Everett and and Ms. Sexton. uh, We had not had DOCSIS 3.1 boxes because suddenly it couldn't support them. And I remembered seeing uh, Renee Steinfress, who was the, the the drone girl here in the village, the gadget girl is her exact. And I met her up on top of Lake Lago. And I said, you know, if you go down to Suddenlink and you change out your modem and get a new Doxus 3.1, you can get 50 megs a second. She was like, no, I didn't know they even offered that. I'm like, yeah, that's been eight years ago. So just to put this in perspective, it has been a long time. It sounds like a couple of years may sound like a long time. It's very, very, it's tomorrow, right, Tanya? It's exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and we have, 
know, since we started in uh, late January of 21, uh, we had a little over 2,000 miles of fiber uh, put in. We're putting up over a million feet of fiber a month. A month. Uh, I mean, in, uh, per month. Uh, I think in October, it was 1.2 million feet we put up. Now, November and December kind of fell off because of weather, holidays, and this and that. But uh, uh, we're, we're averaging, our contractors are averaging, putting up about a million feet of fiber per month. <sighs> Big and I'm not nice to Randy very often, but I will say kudos to, to Randy and the contractors we have out there working because they are, I mean, they're working hard. They have surpassed the goals that we've already set. And I know that they will continue as long as they can keep materials and, and workers out in the out in the field. So, well, especially during a, a pandemic crisis, during a labor shortage, during a, a, a as you say, supply chain short. I mean, holy cow! Uh, this is big doings are afoot at the Circle K, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Mr. Cantrell, do you have anything else to add? I don't connect the number two first dot net. So everybody in Saline County and even if you're not, why not? Even if you're not just check it. Yeah. I tell you what, if, if you really, you know what, maybe if we had like 10,000 requests from Garland County, all of a sudden the board of directors would go, Hey, Hey, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's updates that you can sign up for, uh, at their website that you just absolutely should, you know, to stay in the loop. Yeah. Yeah, we, I'm tickled about it. I'm tickled y'all are doing this. Well, and every two weeks we send a uh, update to the online newsletter for Hot Springs Village. So if you want to check there, you'll get updates on where they're working. So that should be helpful. And then also, like I said, go submit your information to connect to first as well. Wonderful, wonderful. I tell you what, oh, we cannot I, thank you. I have a Facebook page too. Sorry. You have a Facebook page. Yeah, we'll put a link to that too. We'll link that up. Okay. Last call, Tanya. Last call. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> yeah, here's your, this is your marketing moment, Tanya. So <laughs> make whatever, whatever promises you want to make, whatever commitments you want to make for Randy. I'm never going out on, a, I'm never going alone on anything ever again. You know that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. You mark now we will make the world go around though. So keep in mind. We understand why we understand why you can't be alone. (laughs) We got it. We got it. We got it. Well, Mr. Everett, Mr. Randy Everett and Ms. Tanya Sexton, thank you so much for being with us today on hot springs village inside out. It has been a pleasure and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of hot springs village inside out a podcast where hot springs village, Arkansas is the star Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.